Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Today's episode, and indeed this evening's episode of Two in the Think Tank, is brought to you by Magma. Magma, the show by Andy and Alastair that was on at the Comedy Festival last year that we've now recorded in a televisual format and that can be viewed for your viewing pleasure if you go to SOS Presents. The link is in the show notes below. This episode of Two in the Think Tank is brought to you by Magma. Magma, that's what's brought this thing to you. SOSPresents.com <laughs> Not just SOS Presents. Well, I... Well, I- Huh. I, yeah, all right. I said the links down below. That's Nobody's all. typing it in, Alistair. Nobody's listening to the podcast going, what was that? What did he say? I'm typing it in right now. And then... <laughs> who, who, whoever finds the notes, who's looking, watching, listening to a thing on a computer and is like, ah, yes, the notes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Easy to access Absolutely notes. everybody. Absolutely everybody. Eh? Everybody looks at the notes. Right in... Write in if you've ever clicked anything in the notes of anything. Send a screenshot of the notes. Well, everybody's just Googling it anyway. Nobody needed the .com either way, right? Great. All right. Well, at least we started this on a positive note. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the only podcast that is recorded in the dark, completely in the dark. That's right, because we... Whilst we're not blind, and actually, we—if mm. anything—we have mm. excellent vision. Yes, slightly above uh, average. We, mm, we, we like to remove one of our senses mm-hmm. every episode. Andy's doing his in the dark, <laughs> and I'm floating in a room temperature goo, <laughs> so that I can't feel anything. Mm. Mm. The the goo of the womb. I'm speaking into a dangling microphone um, now. We know that there are men who like to get the the colostrum, that first little bit of uh, milk, ladies' milk, that should go to making a baby strong, and that men that like to get that for their bodybuilding, right? Is yeah. that real, <laughs> or is that something we came up with on the show? We'll never know. Um, but are there also? No, I think that's real. Are there also men who like to catch the um, the waters when the waters break? Of a pregnant woman, catch that in a bowl, gather and that drink up, drink that water. <laughs> Not necessarily drink it, although maybe gather it up. And I was going to say, put it in a big tank. You know, you get the water of like 100, 200 women, put that in a big tank and then just float in it, you know, like yes. get yourself a little bit of womb juice and just get yourself that baby physique. And then you could, oh, that, ba- that, that baby wrinkle, that new baby smell. You dive down in there. You could maybe even breathe it in, you know, into your lungs if you want. I'm oh, sure it's, yeah. it must be very high in oxygen for babies to be able to breathe it. I'm pretty sure that's what babies. Yeah, so they, 
They really do, yeah. Do they? Is that what they do, or they just have it in their lungs? I think it just goes into their lungs, yeah. Um, but the lungs must must move, must operate, right? Because all the muscles that babies yeah. have have to sort of break themselves in, don't they? As in in the in the way. Well, yeah, the mom the mom probably releases just a bit of oxygen. She's probably just there's probably just an air tube that just bubbles into that. It's water. like a it's like an aquarium filter. It's just <laughs> it's it's gotta be it's carbonated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> CO2 that's going in there. Yeah. And uh, anyway, these guys, I don't know I, I, I don't know why they do it. Maybe for bodybuilding. Maybe it's a great way to um, stimulate uh, innovation, um, you know, because uh, babies when they're first born are so able to quickly learn and um, adapt to a new environment. Mm-hmm. And you become that sort of yes. late slate, and I think maybe that's why, that's what that, uh, these guys are doing. They'll dive into that every morning. You just dive through the, yeah. through the womb juice, um, emerge, mm-hmm. towel yourself off, and it is like you're born anew. And every day you're just ready to, um, to seize um, it, I guess. Yeah, probably it. Do you think? Like, I think, I think with. Um I think with the colostrum, it tends to they, they probably tend to use cow colostrum the most. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, which is why it's like it's easier to get access mm. to rather than just take the ones from, uh, from out of a baby's mouth from from straight from a baby's. Yeah, take it. It's as easy as sort of scooping colostrum <laughs> out of a newborn's mouth. <laughs> Have we talked about um, taking uh, candy from a baby, how it's easy, but only physically? Like, it's not morally easy, is it? It's not one of those things. No, but that... I mean, you can you can justify it by saying, well, you know, that's too much sugar for a small oh, child. Oh, you're right. Maybe it is guilt-free then. Maybe that is all part of the ease, is the fact that it's justifiable. Yeah, but, but if it's already been in the baby's mouth... And you know that they're always, you know, spewing up milk and things mm. like that. Mm. But then you would, I mean, it depends on what kind of candy. I mean, if that kid, if that baby is munging out on a Mars bar, <laughs> you, can just, you can just get a knife and slice off the bits he's touched. Yeah, you're right. Man, that is you know, so he easy. He's not getting that far. He's not getting that far. Get, a, that get yourself Mars a potato bar. peeler. Just take the outer yeah. layers off. And then all yeah. that, uh, what is that, nougat that's N- in there? Nougat. The nougat, nougat and, yeah, the, and, and caramel. the caramel. That's all yours. That's still good. Yeah, babies don't have teeth at this the, point. so they're The cutting yeah, power they, to they, get they, to the core, the juicy core To get to the, the good Mars stuff. <laughs> they're still stuck on the milk chocolate. <laughs> Barely probably breaking through some outer, mm. you know, there's probably a mm. thin layer of wax or something like that, anti-melting agent or something. Um, and that's all they're getting. Bodybuilders like to get the Mars bar, the first, the baby's first Mars bar, uh, <laughs> because it is. <laughs> you could take the you could take the uh, the saliva, the baby saliva off the Mars bar and sell that to bodybuilders. <laughs> They'll be like, "Wait, is this cow saliva?" And you go, "No," and they go, "Forget it." I want the saliva of a cow. There's nothing. There's nothing you can baby um, remove from that you that you can steal from a baby cow that you can't sell to a bobby bodybuilder or a bobby builder <laughs> or a bobby <laughs> somebody who 
who trains the uh, the best British cops. That's right. Um, Alistair, before, you know, when I said that I, I was re- this podcast is recorded in the dark, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lying. I am actually. Uh, it is. I am in a dark room, sitting in front of a wood fire. This is a wood. This is a. This is a wood fired podcast. Wow. Grain fed. I think mine's wood a gas. Fired. Maybe mine's like. Mine's like a gas heat pump. Oh, that's fired. That's good. Now we're podcasting with gas. Gas, yeah. the official fossil fuel of the two in the think tank podcast. Oh. It's it's a transition fuel, Andy. You're right. <laughs> um, do you think do you think there's there, there's anything in these bodybuilders like getting the the water from the and bathing in it? I mean, when you were talking about the brains and it affecting, you know, like they're doing it, it felt like maybe you know, like something about the creativity of babies, mm. or the learning ability of babies. It felt like you know, these are bodybuilders who are not ignoring the brain. Mm. That's also a muscle that you need to yeah, build. Yeah, you're right. I'm sure I'm you know, sure we can find bodybuilders who have said that. Often bodybuilders skip brain day. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, it's it's a it's quite a common yep. common trope. Let's just say in bodybuilder never circles. never skip brain day. And well, they do, but they they shouldn't. They shouldn't, yeah. And uh, if they do, maybe they what they need is a little bit of uh, cow waters, cow worm juice. I think that's something, Alistair. Yeah, but I yeah, also, you, think? I mean, I don't know. you know, I'm, the way I was framing it is not being about bodybuilders, but about um, you know high powered business people who do this as a way to be born anew every single day, um, <laughs> or maybe some kind Ooh. of a retreat. Where you can go and and they they do have a, a like a spa that is full yeah. of the amniotic fluid of <laughs> Andy. Why do that when you could just build when you could just genetically engineer a cow? Uh-huh. Yes, to be big enough. Yes, th- that Intriguing. you could slip. And the, pardon my language here, but you could slip almost an entire businessman directly into its pussy. <laughs> And wear that cow like a sleeping bag. <laughs> and just sleep there with just the head, just sticking out the yeah. back there. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit too close to the anus for comfort for a lot of people. But well, I mean, uh, this. A high powered businessman knows that that's where a lot of the, the strength comes from. This, yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're sort of offering the um, Ace Ventura 2 when nature calls uh, rhinoceros butt birth. As hmm. as a um, <laughs> as 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 now as some kind of a, a healing um, uh, spiritual experience, um, but with an actual cow, and you can be um, you can be pulled out, kicking and screaming yeah. and squirming out of its. And I I hope I'm using the term correctly here. Cow pussy. <laughs> I mean, I apologize that the simple stuff like that really gets me still. Um, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I'm, there's a real urge within me to, to find a way to do this without it bothering the cow in any way. Mm. And I feel like it needs to be that 
it just needs to be a really big cow. Yeah, I think that I think you know by making the cow as big as possible um, per unit yeah. volume, the cow will be bothered the least. You know, and I think that's how yeah. you calculate um, the the scientific unit of bother. It's it's bother yeah. per um, meter cubed. And I think I think all sensation from that area has to be gone. Right. I mean, this this feels very invasive for the cow. Mm, yeah, it's 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 hard to defend, but maybe maybe it could just be growing in a lab. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you think without without an actual cow, like without a person? personality and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, I suppose you're compromised. It's not ideal for the businessman, but I think it feels more right. Mm, yeah. To just, I mean, if you can grow, if you can grow cow meat, yes, then this, these bits feel like it's mostly, it's mostly just meat and broth. Well, you know, if we are evolved to the point where we don't need to eat animals to survive, then I think we're also mm. at the point where we don't have to actually climb inside their um, birth canals to survive as well. You know, if we can do it to without be re- that. To, re- to be reborn daily. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, maybe it could be an enormous tofu um, birth canal. Pussy. Pussy. <laughs> Tofussy. It's... Yes. These vegetarians trying to recreate human body parts all the time. Where I mean, human, you, but animal parts. We're taking the flesh out of fleshlight, which has always made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's the first tofu fleshlight. And <laughs> to fleshlight. Yeah. But also the idea of recreating a vegan tofu that's flavored. Like it's like a fake, <laughs> so, that you can, so that you can ethically sort of, I guess, go down. <laughs> so fussy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what this is, Andy, yeah. but it feels like it's it's close to almost being a joke. Yeah, well, I think it. It's I like, think it absolutely is. It's it absolutely is. I it's mean, not a joke we would ever make, Alistair. We're above I this think, kind no, of but thing. But I think. But look, I can I can make it more logical. Okay. I think if if uh, with how bad many men are at cunnilingus, mm. right? Often the only ethical way for them to perform it is on tofuzi, <laughs> because because they're so bad that it can't. It's such a bad experience <laughs> for women. Um, you don't, you right. you want to cease the suffering of living beings. Yes. Oh, this is very good. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so it's for the um the 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 the, the feminist vegan male who knows that he's yeah. bad in yeah. in bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Great. I'm really um. I'm really looking forward to performing that one live on stage. Yeah. Um, well, it's just soy boy again, but <laughs> but no, but now with the word tofuzi. Um. Yeah. Great. Uh, uh, did we? Is that the only thing we've written down so far? Well, we've also got 
amniotic sac rebirthing yeah, for high-powered great, great. Um, CEOs. Yeah, fantastic. And they're two very distinct ideas, very distinct ideas with a very, you know, specific area, but um, interpreting it in, in completely fresh and interesting ways. Um, yeah. Which I feel like I can, Thank you. I can, um, I can stand behind you while you perform at hiding. Uh, you know. So you're going to stand behind me while I perform it in hiding. Yeah, that's right. I think we'll all be in hiding. <laughs> I think we are in hiding. Mm. Um, I picked a flower today. Yes. Um, in the in my backyard. Yes. And it, when I looked at it, it looked like a tiny, a very tiny orchid of some sort. Yeah. And then I couldn't find any more plants like it. <laughs> you think it was the last one? I thought I might have. I might have just wiped out a very rare species of tiny orchid. So it was. So it was beautiful and delicate and um, fragile. It was beautiful. It was so, like I couldn't. I couldn't imagine how beautiful it was. And then suddenly I was like. Well, there better be more of these, yeah, <laughs> because because this is so delicate and fragile and could and could have been the first dying. of a new species as well, which yeah, you know, those must be popping up all the time and failing, so that's fine. And as we've established on a previous podcast, actually killing the the exact last of a species is also fine. It's merciful. It's merciful. It's, it's merciful. It's, um, yeah, it's actually the right thing to do. Um. So I think you're probably off the hook. Uh, although I guess plants don't reproduce in exactly the same way as as animals. Maybe it could have, it could have continued somehow. Um, yeah. Were it not for, I mean, if the last one was in your backyard, in suburban Melbourne, um, it probably wasn't wasn't in a great place anyway for its long term survival. Oh, you don't know this. I've, you know, I could say I've got a full almost, it's all clay. It's just clay and little rocks, right, in my backyard. Mm. But somehow we've started cultivating moss, and I really like this. <laughs> moss. I got, a little, I got a little mossy ecosystem out in one corner, mm. and, and it's the nicest part of the yard. But you can't really do much with moss. You can't go on it or anything because it's so fragile, isn't it? You just you just destroy it instantly. Oh, I mean, I've walked on moss. Is is moss that fragile? I think moss is a good alternative to lawn. I don't I don't believe that that is the case, Alistair. I think if you walked on it, even you know twice or something like that, it's not it's not hard wearing at all. It's. Um, I think that there are probably grasses that are like that, and we had to find harder wearing grasses in order to have these lawns that we all have today. And that's why I'm uh, suggesting that there is probably a moss out there that can handle uh, the wear and tear mm. that, that 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 is required. You think that for the suburban there lawn. could be like a we could develop a new kind of moss, that, and we could develop like a sports moss that is actually graded for use on, you know, on on cricket on cricket pitches and that sort of thing. You, you, this, this moss mm-hmm. is so hard wearing that you can. Um, you can play tennis on it at uh, yeah. at, at Wimbledon, and it's actually um, it's actually tougher than astroturf. This moss, and think, it's so soft as well. I think moss also grows very interestingly. 
I think it's like, it's, you know, it's a completely different type of creature. Mm. It's not like from seed and then I think they kind of replicate from each part, Mm. you know, sort of like a, you know, like if you imagine like a, like, let's say a biscuit that is a magic biscuit. (laughs) And if every time you take a bite from it, a bit grows back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But if you crumble it in your hand, each crumb, a new biscuit grows back from it. That's good. Like that. I mean, yeah. it actually well, sounds a little like, like a that. curse. It is absolutely a curse because then suddenly you've got to you've got to lock up these you've got to lock up these biscuits so that nobody crumbles them ever. What happens if you eat the biscuit? Does it turn uh, into infinity you, biscuits you, in your inter- in your digestive system? Yeah, and it you, you essentially just kind of you explode. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and then and then all those bits of biscuits shatter on the ground and then become more biscuits. And how long do you, yeah. like how long do you think until the entire earth is destroyed? Well, it depends whether or not you know like the, the sort of the state sends in the military. Cuz what you know would not you know what the military would do? They would try and nuke the biscuit. And that is the last thing That's you right. want. Right? Because then every yeah, unless biscuits divided into individual molecules. Yeah, unless when it goes from being, you know, in that nuclear blast if it goes from being matter to energy, mm. that might be the only thing that stops it from retaining yeah. any of its biscuit. Oh, unless the magic is then applies oh, even to the and energy, then it, and then the energy turns into infinite biscuit energy, and then oh the God. universe is truly fucked. You, you get a biscuit shockwave. <laughs> <laughs> there'd be some. Oh. There'd be a cookie jar. This is this. There'd be have to be some kind of high security cookie jar sort of like whatever yeah. the, what, the whatever the cookie version of that um perspex prison that they put magneto in in uh, yeah. the first x-men movie um but this would be the high security cookie jar um you've ever seen and then you know obviously who took the cookie from the cookie jar would become well this is what happens right it's a heist movie yes <laughs> And these people get down to this thing, and they're here to just—they're here to steal like a bag of diamonds, yeah. or whatever, you know. But then they see in this perspex thing a biscuit, yeah, or a cookie jar of some sort. So the magic biscuit is being kept in a bank vault. Yeah, some kind of vault that these people have penetrated, mm. and uh, they're here to steal something else. But then they start—they start—they take these these biscuit with them, mm. try to see if it's got any value. Yeah, it must. You know, they know a guy who can. They know a guy who can move rare stuff. <laughs> they know a guy who can who can um, uh, identify uh, the provenance of a of a biscuit. Yeah, they go well. If, if there's a biscuit down here, mm. it's got to be the most valuable biscuit ever. Mm-hmm. You know, they think it's probably like you know it's probably like a nice Vovo that would belong to Marie Antoinette. <laughs> That's a really <laughs> good pairing of an individual yeah. and a biscuit <laughs> <laughs> thank you you're really very quickly filtered through all the humans of history and found the one that was most spiritually akin to an ice bovo yeah yeah uh, I mean um, I can't imagine look. her having a scotch finger no she wouldn't it's too tame mm. Unless she has like a can of uh, whipped cream that she can spray on it. 
<laughs> oh, well, yeah, again, you made that very royal, very regal. <laughs> Um, I think that there's, look, I think that there's definitely a sort of sketch mm. slash film in the Infinite Biscuit Heist. Um, great. Well, can I just bring us back then slightly to uh, when I was talking about the moss being used at Wimbledon, it made, did make me realise, of course, that there are only two major surfaces that tennis, or maybe three major surfaces that tennis is played on. And that does yeah. overlook the the bounty of surfaces that God has provide us with, provided us with. And I do yeah. think it's a shame that there are no tennis um, fixtures played on mud and... Mm-hmm. Uh, concrete. Concrete, sure, sure. Um, custard. Custard. <laughs> no, <I'm new> <laughs> Alistair, yes, now you're talking my language. <laughs> well, the other day I was stirring custard. And I was really having fun, kind of moving fast and finding it difficult, then moving slow and finding it Laying really easy. With the non-Newtonian properties of the custard. Yeah. Yeah, terrific. Well, I mean, I'm, you know, if it's not something we've already uh, pitched on the show before, I think uh, tennis played on custard is a terrific idea. I mean, <laughs> it encour- it absolutely, I think it would make the game more interesting, you know, because... Yeah. It would keep it. You'd have to keep moving, wouldn't you? Because at the moment, there's a Not lot the of standing time. still in tennis. That's a, that's my understanding of tennis. Very static. Well, yeah, but I mean, there is there is some standing still, and that's where it would. You know, mm. that's what we would remove. You you you'd get that out of there. None of this. Any down air. So you think it's on a like? The court is now just a. It's like a meter deep pool. Yes, of custard. Of sort Correct. of. Of custard. I wonder, you know, Thick. if if things can can bounce off it, then you know, if it's if it's non-Newtonian, when the when the ball s- strikes the custard, will it bounce? It feels like its fluid-like properties would definitely absorb a lot of it, a lot of that. But I mean, I guess if you can run on it, this is um, that's this is kind of that's an equal and opposite, yeah, you know. Uh, or does it all lay flat? Can you bounce things on non-Newtonian fluids? I mean, it's a question. That... Well, this is um, sort of a, a made me realise that the show, uh, or the, you know, the segment from the old Letterman, will it bounce? Um, yeah, is is sort of um, bouncing is of course a two. It takes two to bounce, doesn't it? Because you're not just it's not just the thing that's bouncing; it's the surface that it's bouncing off, which is just as crucial, and. We we tend to think of uh, bouncing being a property of the thing that is being bounced, but the surface is itself as much a part of the bounce equation. And let's relaunch, will it bounce? But the thing that is dropped every week is exactly the same, but it's a different surface beneath that it's bouncing off. It probably won't be as spectacular yeah, or same. as interesting, but it's just as uh, intellectually valid. No, Absolutely. So it's we're we're just taking Letterman and turning him on his head. Yes. And and throwing him towards various surfaces. Correct. Will Letterman I think bounce? I just watched I think I just watched a video in which a ball may yes, a bouncy ball bounced on non-Newtonian fluid. Mm. So it can it can work. I believe so. If if it 
doesn't work with normal uh, tennis balls where you could move it up, change the ball to yeah, to sort of be a more sort of rubbery, bouncy ball. No, I refuse to change the ball. I don't want to. I don't want to damage the integrity of the game. I don't want to change no, the game. Right. I love. <laughs> How dare so you? Will it bounce? Will it bounce? I think he mostly did bowling balls and watermelons, mm. didn't he? Yeah, mostly. Time after time. I mean, I don't even know if I've ever even seen the segment or only heard it described to me by you. It feels like where I, that's where I get most of my knowledge of these kinds of things. Um, anyway, is that is that is that these all these years later? Is that made it? I'm still is talking a, about is a sketch them, idea. Right? Um, look, I'll write it down. Yes. Just because you're because I'm so desperate for it. <laughs> well, yeah, a pile of dead bodies will. <laughs> A pile of dead bodies? Yeah. What is that? Um, that's whether or not a bowling ball will bounce off of a pile of dead bodies. <laughs> Great. Yes. The corpse um, corpse court. Now, can we play? Because once you know that, you know if you can play <laughs> tennis on it. So you know if that's you can right. play it's tennis. That's right. It's just the first round. To finding out whether or not you can play tennis on things. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, um, crowd surfing, Alistair. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just another surface, isn't it? Crowd surfing. And if there's crowd right. surfing, is there also crowd windsurfing? Is there also crowd yachting? <laughs> Uh, and sure, I mean, I guess any water sport, any any you know, crowd, uh, um, crowd bodyboarding, mm. and can you get a way a crowd like a wave to crash? Yeah, I guess would it be a Mexican wave? Hey, that's really cool, isn't it? I wonder. You, I reckon you could get a pretty good thing going. You give. You, I don't yeah. think you'd want necessarily want hands. Or maybe you'd do what I, I think. What I would want is I'd want everyone in the crowd to be wearing greased-up boxing gloves, really greasy boxing gloves, right? And to do a Mexican yeah. wave, and then I would try and surf that wave on a surfboard, and I think that would work, right? I think a very packed stadium. Mm. Yep, a very packed stadium. Uh, all the seats have been taken out. It's just people standing on on each level, yeah. very well packed together. Right, and then you ride the crowd from the top, yeah, down the bottom. They've all got their greased up boxing gloves, mm. but then near the end, you know, there's that part where the just near where the court is or the, the yeah. field or whatever is down the bottom, um, and it goes up a little bit to stop people in the boundary to stop people from going up. That's more people that stand up. And then that's your little ledge to be launched. I don't understand. So you, you, you travel down 
the stadiums, the, the, the you know, where, where the seating is. Yeah, are they doing a wave as you go down? Yeah, but it's gravity that's really Yeah, okay, you down. so you're really just sliding at this point over their um, boxing glove fists held high. Yeah, but air. they're all kind of, you know, yeah, and they're also taking their hands away as you come, so you kind of, you know, so you're, you know, you're just, ex- there's just extra falling. Yeah. You kind of, and then at the end, you just go up onto their, onto their, their gloves and you get launched up into the middle of the, uh, onto the, onto the stage flip or, something. or something where you're performing. Maybe. Gosh. Yeah. Imagine Eddie Vedder doing that. In but I, I, I'm more interested in if, if everybody's on a f- totally flat surface, right? Yeah. And they are, uh, uh, they, they all, they're all the same height somehow through shoe boosts or whatever. And then they all do a Mexican wave sort of, that, that moves right, and as the wave yeah. moves across the this, the this this flat surface, you can surf on the front of that wave, surely, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I th- it might be possible. Andy. Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. What? Do, how are you picturing them surfing? Are you seeing them on a board, I'm, I'm or are you seeing them seeing just them sort of on- laying down? On- on, I was just picturing him laying, laying down and just body, body surfing. surfing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that would work as well. You 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 are then essentially being punched. You know, you 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 are being punched around by boxing gloves mm. on your body, and that might be quite. Um, I mean, I guess I guess you're sliding across them as well, though, aren't you? Like, it's sort of like um, orbiting the Earth in that you spin around and around the Earth and you're always falling towards the Earth, but you never hit it. And I think if you're constantly sliding off boxing gloves, you're never actually being punched. Yeah. So I think you'd be okay. Um, yeah, you ever crowd surfed? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think I have either. I don't think so. I think it's the sort of thing. That no, I, I mean, you seem like a real crowd I know. kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. I know, but, um, yeah. I mean, I would just get, I would, if, with all those, I'd just get a direction immediately. <laughs> just just from the sheer volume of contact. Not of hands, any of just it pulling. has to be sexual. No. It only has to be a tiny little bit sexual and you're being touched so much well, that cumulatively it very quickly um, would become the most erotic of all possible experiences. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be so taboo. Yeah, yeah. To just, to, for this to be leading to something, you know, with everybody, that would just be... Well, um, with any kind of surfing, um, I think that you need that little keel to keep you steady in the water. And I think the erection could <laughs> could be the thing that just could be the thing. Actually, is what makes him such a good body. I mean, crowd surfer. <laughs> <laughs> it's why he's so stable up there. Yeah, um, he brings his own fin. Is that uh, is that anything else? Don't think that's anything. I don't think so. I don't. I wouldn't want a body surf. I mean, crowd surfaces sort of body down. I just, I don't think I can write this down, Andy. I feel, no. I feel immediate shame. Yeah, no, of course. I, I, I totally understand, Alistair. It's the sort of thing that you can only just say out of your own voice onto a recorded medium. Yeah. But as soon as you write it down in the impersonal form of handwriting, it becomes deeply, um, yeah, deeply, deeply shameful. And, um, yeah. 
No, yeah, don't 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 do that to yourself, Al. Um. <laughs> I think I think I just picture a couple of people that I know who listen to the pod, and then I feel them being disappointed with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess and you so. you do have that ultimate um, deciding power of whether or not something gets written down. And so I think you probably feel a little bit like a gatekeeper and 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 when you do write something down, that is your seal of approval. You're saying that, that I think this is a good idea. And basically yeah. that would be you saying, I think people should go at crowd surfing with erections. And I, I've been watching a lot of uh, sort of mixed martial arts recently. Alistair, and I, I mean, this is a real shock people... to me because you've only brought it up on every podcast. Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder whether or not you get erections while you're, <laughs> while you're fighting people. <laughs> I think it's just too much. It's too much contact, <laughs> and it feels like there's just a lot of blood pumping around. Yeah. It feels like it's, you know. Well, I want maybe maybe I wonder if you could just like because they also grab each other and squeeze each other a lot, don't they? So I wonder if it's, it's a lot of grabbing to just and squeeze the blood into the penis area in a sort of a non-sexual erection, but like you would, like you would squeezing, you know, uh, toothpaste through a tube. Like, could you just yeah. squeeze all the blood to that region and then it? Of course, it, I reckon it could happen with a really strong handshake. <laughs> <laughs> well, the blood's got to go somewhere, doesn't it? Exactly. That's why. I, that's why I never. I never give people too masculine a hatch, handshake mm. because I. I don't want them to immediately get unintentionally aroused. Mm. That's fantastic. Um, anyway, if anybody's a, uh, a fighter of some sort, a, a mm. combat sport artist, mm. let me know. Do people get? Do you guys get erections when you fight? And has it just become a thing that you're all like, "Hey, it's just what happens." Yeah, you know. Yeah, it happens to it's all of us. It's an exciting sport. I mean, these are the worries. I, I'm having these worries of like a 16-year-old boy in high school who's like worried about having to carry his folder in front of his belly. Yeah. Well, I have noticed that a lot of those UFC fo- uh, fighters do do carry a folder. <laughs> While they're fighting. While they're fighting. And I, I'd always wondered what that was about. And that does seem to be in front of their their waist a lot of the time, especially when they get up from the chair at the end of a long class. And yeah. uh, I think I think that could be it. Can we turn this into a sketch, yeah. Alistair? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I feel like there's a sketch. I mean, look, there'd be a big audience for it because there's such a big audience for, uh, yeah, you know, mixed martial arts. Wow. Okay, well, this could be, you know, maybe we could, like the Beach Boys just decided they were going to be surf rockers, even though none of, oh, only one of them surfed. Maybe we'll decide that we're going to become mixed martial arts comedians just because it's a oh, genre that's a good idea. that we think we it's could work It's a huge, within. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... And because usually guys like this who are not, you know, tough in any way, we wouldn't fit into that kind of world. But by doing that brand of comedy, I think we could, mm. you know, we could... That's I wish right. they all could be punches in the face. I wish they all could be punches, punches in the face. face. Um, I think that's actually a a uh, Beach Boys themed mixed martial artist comedian. 
I think the trainer, uh, you know, somebody's starting out in mixed martial arts or whatever. Maybe they're coming over from a different genre of fighting. Um, yeah. And their trainer, straight away, one of the first things they teach them is it's, it's all sort of a, early on, a lot of stuff just based around concealing erections and how to deal with it and that sort of thing. And this fighter's like, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I mean, they're like, no, trust could, me, yeah, this it, is... This I mean, is the main the challenge in people, this form. The sensei of some sort, right? He's telling them, he's telling this group it's their first day, like Dad, mm. and he talks about how serious it is. He tells them the squeezing theory, mm. right? And then at the end, people go, whoa. And he goes, and he sees some other experienced guy there. He goes, is that true? He goes, for him it is. <laughs> That's his truth, sure. Um, right. Look, it's something. Stiff competition, Alistair. Uh, Stiff competition. Um, how many sketch ideas have we written down? Uh, wouldn't you like to know? I mean, how many... And then you can tell me how many you feel good about. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. We've got six written down, Andy. Okay. And I feel good about all six. Yes. Especially, my favourite, I think, is Will It Bounce, but... Change floor. <laughs> Great. Will it bounce, but change floor. Will it bounce, but change floor. Will it bounce, but change floor. Um, well, our, we got three words from a listener, Andy. Are you okay with me moving on to this Yeah, segment? I'd really like that. Well, Andy, I don't know if you know this, but we have people who support us on Patreon. Gods. It is the most generous thing gods. anybody could ever do. Uh, angels on this earth mm. and I think most of them are on this earth um, and this listener uh, is relatively new you know within the the sort of months old kind of scenario uh, and their name is Julian Wales mm. hello Julian hi Julian thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon that's a really kind thing to do and I hope you enjoyed all the, um, they've given me... the sexual and erection-based uh, material in today's episode. <laughs> yep, you did that. Um, they uh, they asked with their three words that you guess, try to guess for each one. Okay. So you want to? Uh, they want you to guess three times. <laughs> they they obviously really like the guessing part. <laughs> Look, someone's bound to. Okay, uh, okay. Um, they like the guessing part, but they like it too much. Yeah. Lumbago? No, but there's... I like how many... I mean, look, there's only one U in there, but that was a... You know, it's not that far off how many U's are in this one. The first word is suburbia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um... Nape? Nape? Like the nape Nape? of the neck? Yeah. No, and I gotta say, you're way off, especially (laughs) in in the in the the number of U's that are in the second (laughs) word. Because the second word is succulent. Okay. Uh, Is the third word succubus? No, Andy. That's too close to succulent. All right. But 
I do like the number of views you put in there because that's spot on for what this third word has, which is surf and turf. So probably the most correct you've ever been in terms of the number of views. Thanks, thanks, Al. Well, this—I mean, this of course makes me um, immediately think of how good the fish and chip shop is in um, my country town that I'm in. Have I talked about that on the podcast before? I know you've talked about it at one point, and God, I can't imagine good. that we wouldn't—that we wouldn't save a good bit of conversation like that <laughs> for. Or the pod, we would go. Let's not waste this. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's it's you know, and I, I probably did talk about it, but like the you know, the statistic is that the further you are away from the coast, normally the worse the fish and chips should be. That's just maths. But yeah, here we're quite a long way inland, and it is terrific. And I don't know if that's maybe uh, an indicator that there could be a vast underground reservoir. Of some kind, like or an the ocean will basin. be there soon. Well, the ocean's on its way, or has only just receded relatively recently, or there's an as yet undiscovered inland sea um, where that people just haven't looked in that direction yet. Um, but maybe we can. Oh, I mean, maybe you know the water diviner, how they can find fresh water with um, yeah with a with a with a stick that bends. You walk along, and the stick yeah. bends towards finds the, a new ocean. Very specific. Well, if you want to find salt water, which I'm sure a lot of people do, all you have to do is drive along in a van, constantly making fresh batches of fish and chips and sampling them to determine the quality. And as they improve in quality, you're approaching uh, a body of salt water. Uh, And it's very useful for people for looking for brine. You need brine mm. for um for pickling onions. Cans of tuna. Uh-huh. For pickling onions, you need brine do, to. Do pickle they pickle onions, onions in brine? Oh, I don't know, Just Alistair. like salty water. I don't know. Maybe maybe not maybe not onions. Maybe um uh, olives. I'm sure olives are, are briny. I just assumed that all pickling involves vinegar. Yeah, but I, what about olives though? Do you reckon there's vinegar? In olives, because I think that I don't it might know. just be I don't know, but I guess water. are they pickled? Are they pickled or are they just jarred? Yeah, really good, really good distinction. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, look, Andy, I think that that thing is interesting. Uh, it does feel like it could be a sketch idea. Thigh slappingly um, interesting. Absolutely, but shit your I'm pants. I'm gonna write it down. Um, <laughs> surf mm. and turf. Um, water divining. Salt water divining. Yeah, but yeah, no. Look, I absolutely understand uh, that. But I guess it's 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 where it goes. You know, after you know, I don't think the idea of finding salt water that way is the end point of this sketch. I think mm-hmm. you know the fact that he finds one inland is very interesting uh and i don't know if it's just underneath the country that the country it's like it finds out that the country is actually just floating mm, where you crack the surface of it like a creme brulee with the back of a spoon that's what he does mm-hmm. he goes along and he leans down he's got he gets out his little silver spoon from his top pocket and he goes on the ground and and there under the ground water salt water 
fresh salt water. Mm. Fresh salt water. <laughs> Quick, bring the onions. Oh. And maybe olives. <laughs> and then... And he, it's because, it's because they were trapped, they were lost, right? They'd fallen out of... Uh, or their plane had crashed. They were in the desert. And they had an abundance of everything except for um, antipasto, except for a little something to put on the plate, on the table before the meal. They had so much food, so much water, but what they lacked was a little bowl of sort of dipping things and maybe some little, little olives that just have something while you're waiting for the main course to arrive. And... Fortunately, they were able to use some of the abundant supplies of fish and chips that they had to follow this system and allow them to locate some brine. Uh, I see them as an as an oceanographer mm. who's who's just doing this paper as like a you know a April Fool's joke or something. Oh, yep. You know because they're like, well, it's something we all know intrinsically. Mm. But we may as well, you know, release this. You got a pair, you got publish or die, that kind of thing. So you may as well just publish one. Mm. And then they realize that there's just this weird circle of really good fish and chip shops mm. out inland. Yeah. For some reason. Well, actually, you know, you could do this just with um, data, harvest data off Google Maps, and um, you know, look at the reviews if you could uh, of of different fish and chip shops in different locations. Try and correlate them to any kind of like broader pattern you know this this could all be done just digitally we have all this data now nobody's using it in creative ways no especially not to find any inland oceans correct so anyway or underland oceans Mm, no it's the that's the innest of all the lands isn't it it's in the land julian wales i hope you're happy elsewhere in your life because God knows this isn't going to help. <laughs> I hope you've got other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Julian. That was, thank you those all. Those were really great words and I enjoyed yeah. hearing them and guessing them and being wrong. I'm going to get one of them one of these days. Oh, you're bound to. Andy. The, yeah. the, the, uh, the statistics are on your side. I feel like I was close today with that with those U's. Yeah, mm. oh, definitely the closest. And you were very close to the previous word with the amount of U's and the number of C's. Mm. Thanks. Succulent and succubus. Ah, oh, if only you hadn't just heard the word succulent. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Would have been better. Mm. Oh, wait. You didn't have the same right amount of U's. Does <laughs> the succubus have three U's? Suck you bus. Yeah, I think it does. Oh, you were wrong in the t- you, you overshot it by one with surf and turf. Um oh well. Sorry everyone. So it's back to complete failure. <laughs> um alright, I'm gonna take us through the sketches. We got amniotic sac rebirthing for the high powered CEOs. Mm. Um and we have Cease the suffering of living beings with tofussy. (laughs) 
then we've got Infinite Biscuit Heist. This is the biscuit that, that regenerates. It was, it was somebody, somebody who'd wished for it with a genie. Ah, uh, yep. And then, then quickly discovered... They were able even to... Even before biting into it. Yeah. Even before biting into it, they immediately realized, wait, this is going to be a bad thing. Yeah. So they'd wished for a biscuit where... Um, Wherever, where whenever it's uh, broken, it forms, it reforms. Yeah, mm. I can or see whenever a bite's taken out that. of it, you know. Yeah, probably a Tim Tam. Yeah, well, it is the old classic, never-ending packet of Tim Tams wish um, that turns out yeah. to be a curse. Does that turn out to be a curse? No, no, but it does here. But it would it would be a curse if you accidentally tipped it upside down. Yeah, you're right. And then yeah. it, and then they would put, fall out, and then as they fall, that would push up the uh, the packet, causing more to fall out, until it yeah. like blasts blasts off on a pile of uh, Tim Tams into outer space. Yeah, but think of all the added resources Earth would get. Yeah. Just from having all these Tim Tams on land. Yeah. Like, but they're going to go bad. Yeah, I know, but we might be able to, like, mine them for we something. Burn right? them. Use them as a fuel. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. Then we got um, Tennis on Custard Court. Then we got Will It Bounce But Change Floor. Then we got the <laughs> MMA Squeezing Theory of Erection Coach. And then we got the Surf and Turf Saltwater Diviner Fresh Saltwater uh, sketch. Before the episode, you were talking about the nature of consciousness. And I said, Alistair, save yeah. it. We'll talk about this on the podcast. This is fascinating. And then <laughs> this is what we ended up talking about on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, uh, it's season two, baby. Season, season two. two. Uh huh. I'm looking forward to season three. It's going to be really yeah. good, I reckon. Yeah. So that's after the 400th episode. Uh, 400th. I think so. I think we did 200 episodes. Oh, yeah, then we started season I, two. I, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we better be consistent about this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alistair, for listening. No, and thank you, listeners, as well. Oh, yeah, I suppose. No, but also them. Hey, you can you can always download by Magma off of uh, sospresents.com. Mm. You can always follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Two and Tank. Mm. Uh, you can listen to Shusher. I'm going to do a new episode soon, I think. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Now, Shusher Guided Meditations, for those who don't know what that is. Uh, you can you can follow Andy at, at Stupid Old That's Andy right, on can. Twitter. Yeah, you can, you can follow me at Alistair TB or at A Trombley Virtual on Instagram, and you can like us and and you know leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or 
Alistair you know, did just, a really, really great tweet recently that you should go and look at and, and retweet. What was it? The one about the bag. What's in the bag? Oh, the bag. What's in the bag? Wow, Andy, I appreciate you liking That's it. That's my favourite thing I think I've ever seen on the internet. Really? Yeah. Well, I got another one in my mind, but it's about what's in my pocket. <laughs> I'm really into that. Yeah. Can you tell me? I mean, maybe we should talk. About, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen your tweet. But, but the thing that's in the ask bag. Me about it without, did you yeah. have that thing, and then you thought of the thing, or did you make the thing that's in the bag specifically for the thing? I made the thing in the bag specifically <laughs> for the for the bag. That makes it no so much better. It. There's no sugar in it, so it was terrible to eat. <laughs> I didn't bother putting all that sugar that needs. So you tr- you did eat it, did you? Well, not very much. You sampled it and you had a bad time. Yeah. Um, still, I'm so proud of you. It's, it's and, absolutely incredible content. And Andrew, I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're constantly doing lovely and wonderful and hilarious tweets. Oh, thanks, Al. It has, it's been a while, but yeah, I'll take it. Don't worry. We're all we're all slowly just, you know, giving up on everything. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's why me, me too. Anyway, and we, we love, love you. You see ya. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.